I usually have a one or two line kind of jokey, witty kind of thing right here. For this podcast, I just want to express gratitude to Red Skelton, Art Carney, Jackie Gleason, the Smothers Brothers. God, the list goes on. All of these great people that I watched as a kid. Words fail me as I suspected they would, but I had to try to say it anyway. Thank you. I'm Ansie McLean, and this is Resisting Enlightenment. This is the podcast that unwisely revisits our most embarrassing, awkward moments and offers nothing but impotent commiseration. And away we go. That was a very popular buzz phrase made famous by the great Jackie Gleason, who was king of TV in the 50s and 60s. Folks in Hollywood called him the great one. He was a musician, a comedian, an actor, a writer, producer. There was nothing he couldn't do. Gleason had a song and album with the same name, And Away We Go, and he used it when exiting a monologue, going to the first act of his stage and TV shows. I was reminded of the buzz phrase recently while watching the Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad Pitt is on a stretcher being hauled out of a house into an ambulance, and as they roll him out the door, he drunkenly says, And away we go. This was 1968 Hollywood, after all, and Tarantino's usual attention to detail is even reflected in the actor's dialogue. Another phrase made popular by Gleason was this. How sweet it is. I remember my father taking a sip of coffee or taking a bite of pie and saying that phrase. There was a whole world inside my father's head that I had limited access to, and he took that world with him when he died. Phrases, songs, ideas put there by the pop culture of his day, most all of which has been bulldozed over by successive decades of music, television, movies, books, all with their own buzz phrases. Now, as a kid, I don't remember my father at leisure all that often. I can't imagine him sitting in front of a television. He was always moving, always helping someone with their car, tinkering around with something. But I'm sure he did in order to absorb these phrases he so often used. Jackie Gleason's And Away We Go of the 1950s is like a bygone layer of sediment in the terra firma of our collective consciousness, covered up by the decades that followed. Jimmy Walker's Dynamite, or Steve Martin's Excuse Me, well, excuse me. 
and thousands more until, like the rings of a tree, we can trace our paths here. And it's interesting to imagine a future where our current speech becomes passé. Of course, we have no way of knowing what we will sound like without a time machine, but we can be certain the words we're using now, like the clothing styles of today, are going to change and they will be forgotten, just like my father's words. Try hanging out in a group of 20-somethings and use the phrase, Dynamite, as Jimmy Walker would have said it. And watch the blank, bemused expressions of your audience. Or walk up to a group of kids at the mall and do that gesture of like Steve Martin would do with his arms, swing his shoulders back and forth and say, excuse me, and they will look at you like you're a dinosaur. And that wasn't that long ago. Now, uh, currently we have phrases like, it is what it is, cray cray, peace out. And this one... Which is clearly a 90s thing, I know, but I totally heard someone use it the other day, I swear. That one's dying a slow, hard death. My point is that the most recent rings of this proverbial tree will become the and away we go of the future, covered over by whatever the pop culture gods of the day deem, well, popular. And I could close this particular thought by using the annoying buzz phrase of our times, just saying... But I won't. So my father's speech, his idioms, his catchphrases, they're all gone now, like the leisure suits that once hung in his closet or the lamb chop sideburns he shaved off in the 1980s. There are echoes, though, and once in a while a phrase from a song will remind me of him. Since I met you, baby, my whole life has changed. My father would sing that song while making coffee or sidling up to his wife, Beth, before giving her a kiss. Ivory Joe Hunter wrote it and had the original hit in 1956. Sonny James brought it back and put it on the country charts in 1969. My father was a teenager in 1956, 18 years old. That song was playing on car radios that winter in between commercials for Texaco and Brill Cream. And who knows who he first sang that song to and what other memories he had connected to those words, that melody. Another forgotten song my father loved is a novelty song by Johnny Cash. My father loved Johnny Cash. When he and my mother were together, I remember him goofing around in the kitchen, my mother laughing and rolling her eyes. He would then, as a way of explanation, without apology, sing these words. That song was written by Cowboy Jack Clement, and it's the title track of a compilation of novelty songs Cash released in 1966. It's a strange and compelling album, revealing a, well, nutty side to this iconic artist. Tracks from this album have been featured on the Dr. Demento show, if that tells you anything, and his cover of Shel Silverstein's Boa Constrictor was Cash's first introduction 
to Silverstein, whose song A Boy Named Sue put Johnny Cash on the top of the country and pop charts in 1969. Well, I was four and five years old when Everybody Loves a Nut was being played on the radio. I can't help but imagine I took those words to heart, especially when sung by my father. He was the life of every party, never met a stranger, and had the rare talent of finding the positive in everyone. At five years old, I wanted to be just like him. When I look back on my own origins as a nutty teenage songwriter myself, listening to Dr. Demento on Sunday nights, I can draw a direct parallel to that song and its message. And I can hear my father's voice in that little kitchen in Pataskala, Ohio. There's an old song that my mother used to sing to me as a child. She first heard it when she was just seven years old. I sang it to my children when they were little, and they are, in turn, singing it to theirs. Four generations of a family are passing along this sweet little piece of music. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck, a hug around the neck and a barrel and a heap. A barrel and a heap, and I'm talking in my sleep about you. It was written by Frank Lesser in 1950 for the Broadway musical Guys and Dolls. He wrote all the songs for that production, winning a couple of Tony Awards, and went on to write many other musicals. It's perhaps, these days anyway, best known for writing one of the greatest duets ever, in my opinion, Baby It's Cold Outside, which was, incidentally, originally written for the woman to sing the now-controversial come-on lines, while the man played the more passive role in the song. It's very clever, actually very innocent, and I would imagine ahead of its time. Of course, as men took over the aggressive role in the song, and the Me Too movement has had issues with the perennial favorite, it ran into some speed bumps. (laughs) Check out the video from the original 1949 film, Neptune's Daughter, and see for yourself how that original version was perfect. But back to a bushel and a peck. The Andrews sisters and Doris Day did popular versions of this song in the early 50s. It debuted in the Broadway show version of Guys and Dolls, and it was a huge hit in the play, but the producers took it out of the film version for whatever reason. But the song had already gained traction and was being played on radio, and with the boom of vinyl record sales, it was being enjoyed on home stereos across the country. My mother's childhood was not a particularly happy one, but I hope someone sang that song to her and made her feel the love I felt when she sang it to me. Who knows what affection our children will attach to the songs and buzz phrases of our day? Who knows what will be passed along, making yet another ring in the tree of our remembrances? (laughs) 
All we know is there's no stopping it. And these days, things change a lot faster than they ever have. Hold tight, cousins, because away we go. Well, I was reading about a singer whose name I didn't know, but he was a real hot number about a hundred years ago. Had all the young girls swooning, his famous far and wide, but he's back to being nobody 50 years now since he died. When I'd always heard the Beatles would be known as the best there was, generation after generation would just carry on the buzz. But I was talking to a young man at the mall the other day. The hip-hop generation poster child, that's what he told me anyway. And when I brought up the Beatles, he said, yeah, I might have heard the name. But he thought Yellow Submarine was a fast food chain. And I walked away an older man, a quarter past my prime. No one gets exemptions from the tax man we call time. Good night, sweetheart, it's time for me to go. Good night, sweetheart, it's time for me to go. Good night, sweetheart, good night, sweetheart, good night. Well, the world is full of people, so many things to say, and it seems like more than half are in some band looking for a place to play. I wonder why I do it. Seeing how crazy it all gets I spend most of my life in airports For these 90-minute sets And the answer's simple, really When I'm here with you tonight That smile upon your face Is like the North Star light And I'll see that smile tomorrow When my flight gets delayed I'll just shake my head and smile And say, man, I got it made Everybody, good night, sweetheart It's time for me to go. There you go. Good night, sweetheart. It's time for me to go. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, sweetheart. Good night. And a hundred years from now, there'll be some other way to sing. But I'll bet they'll all be rewording the same old thing. I love you, but you love him, and he loves her, and such. All in all, in a hundred years, things won't have changed that much. So I guess I'll go ahead and say it somehow, the mood feels right. I love you and thank you, dear, for listening tonight. Never mind, this tune is borrowed from a hundred other songs. These words come from my heart and that's never led me wrong. It's all that I could hope for That you and me somehow Somewhere we'll both remember this A hundred years from now Come on now Good night, sweetheart It's time for me to go Good night, sweetheart It's time for me to go Good night, sweetheart Good night, sweetheart Good night Take it away, Bobby Everybody now Good night, sweetheart It's time for me to go Give yourself some
singing them. Yeah, that sounds so sweet. Love you too, Andy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, cousins. That uh, song is not released on any album. That was recorded at my friend Eddie Mattingly's house. He and his wife Carol uh, hosted a guitar series out of uh, uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And uh, we became fast friends. He's one of my dearest friends. He and his wife Carol are, are amazing people. And that was recorded upstairs in their home at a house concert um, many years ago. I enjoyed listening to that. Again, it's just been so long. On guitar was Bobby Cochran, and now Spoons on drums there. Uh, Polly Zarb on keyboards was hanging out with us that night as well, and uh, we just had a great time. That was really fun. Well, thanks for listening, cousins. As always, you can see more about my music, tour dates, books, art prints, and the events I host with my wife, Dina Lynn, at unhitched.com. Northern California's Woodflock is filling up fast. That's Memorial Day weekend. And our popular Nashville field trips, we're doing four this year, where we show you around our hometown, Music City. We eat some great food, hear some amazing music right there in the living room, and we spend a day in a Nashville recording studio. All this and more at unhitched.com. I am incidentally doing a limited house concert run in the year 2020. Uh, I did a few house concerts in the last few years, and I found them to be an incredible showcase for songs I typically can't fit into our full band theater shows, new songs that I'm working on, uh, etc. It's kind of important for me as a writer to flesh these tunes out live, you know, in a live, friendly live setting to see how they go over before I get into the studio and polish them up there. House concerts are warm, intimate, friendly environments for musicians. And the folks who host them are salt-of-the-earth people, man. Just, they're people any musician would be honored to include in their tribe. So, it's been a win-win for me. <laughs> There's another buzz phrase of our era that hopefully gets covered up in the decades to come. Win-win. Yeah, that's a win-win. As a product of our times, I use these phrases out of habit, even if I've grown to dislike them, which I certainly have for that phrase. We are helpless to stop the onslaught, my friends. It's just going to happen. If you're enjoying this podcast, tell your friends and give us that nice, juicy five-star rating when you subscribe. This podcast is still quite young, and I'm not fooling myself here. This is a boutique-style podcast. Uh, hell, everything I do in the arts is boutique under-the-radar, appealing to a very select group of people with a certain sense of humor that isn't cruel or bullying, that tries to be inclusive rather than dividing. Humor with heart, I've called it for years, uh, this weird boutique thing that I do. But with thousands of podcasts out there, as you well know, anything helps us to rise above the din, and I appreciate you. I'm Nancy McLean. Thanks for listening, cousins. I'll see you next time on Resisting Enlightenment. <laughs>